Hello, my name is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to episode four of The Run Loop, a weekly discussion about designing and developing iOS and Mac apps. Today's guest is Brent Simmons. Brent, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on, though I don't know why I wasn't number one. I mean, geez. Well, I wanted to, I, I wanted to save you up for, you know. Get a little practice had, first. Yeah. yeah I okay. wanted to make sure that I, I knew what I was doing. I can accept that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you and I, I, real, I realized when I was uh, writing my outline for the show today that you and I have known each other for almost 10 years now. Holy cow. Yeah, that's true. I know, right? Good I was so gravy. young when we first met. Yeah, I was so young when we first met, right? Oh, yeah, you you were but a grasshopper. Yeah. Um, so the first time uh, that we met was that I remember was when I went to MacWorld at uh, in like two thousand nine, MacWorld two thousand nine. So I guess it's been about eight years then. Okay. Uh, and we went to I met you at the Mac Small Business Dinner thing that they had there, and I sat next to your wife. Yeah, right. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, we ate at that Indian restaurant. It was kind of, uh, uh, it was the place where we held, held those dinners for like three or four years in a row, something like that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it was near Moscone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we met again at 360i Dev because uh, we both spoke there. And then the rest is history. And then we've known each other for all those years in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember any of it, but that's okay. No, that's true. Yeah. You were, to be fair, you were pretty. Uh, you're pretty inebriated for most of it. <laughs> uh, I won't tell any of the stories that I'm suddenly thinking of telling. Okay, good call. Um, <laughs> so, so Brent, uh, how might how, how might people know you? How would you describe yourself? Uh, I'd like to call myself the world's oldest living Mac developer, but with Craig Hockenberry there, I, I just can't claim the title unless you know something tragic happens to him, which would be in no way my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not involved in that at all. Um, but yeah, that's, so maybe I'm the second oldest living Mac developer. If you don't count Kevin Hochter. Oh, geez, third oldest. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not even close, it turns out. Well, You're close, right up there. Close-ish, yeah. 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 So I think what a lot of people would know you from first, right, would be uh, an RSS reader app you wrote called NetNewsWire. Yeah, that's that's... Uh, certainly, uh, that was certainly a hit app back in 2003. <laughs> um, it seems amazing that it was that long ago. But yeah, that was like 14 years ago. And that app did pretty well. A lot, a lot of people used it. Uh, yeah. I was super happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was using it for a very long time. Um, how did you, was that your first like Coco app that you wrote? Or had you done Coco before that? Uh, it was the first big Cocoa app I wrote. I, I did, you know, I got that book from Aaron Hill, Hilligas, uh, Big Nerd Ranch book, must have been 2002. And I, and I did a few, like, little small things as I was trying to learn how to, how to write Cocoa apps. Uh, and the first of those, well, one of, the, one of those small things was called Mac Newswire. And what it was was a very super stripped-down version of NetNewsWire. It was kind of the... Um, the germ of it. Uh, and you couldn't choose your feeds and it subscribed to like, I can't remember six or 10 Mac news feeds. Um, you know, so you would get Mac NN and whatever else there was at the time. I don't think daring fireball even existed yet. Um, you know, just right there in your, in a little desktop app. Um, and that turned into that newswire. 
That's pretty cool. I didn't I actually didn't know that part of the story. Um, yeah, if you, if you do a search on Mac Newswire, you will probably even find like old screenshots on my blog from uh, fifteen years ago. That is that that is pretty cool. And then so Net Newswire uh, ended up becoming acquired by uh, you did that for yourself for a few years, right? That's right. Yeah. And then that ended up getting acquired by. Um, uh, What's the name of the company? Sorry. Um, NewsGator. <laughs> NewsGator. News exactly right. Yep. In 2005. Yeah. Yeah. And you went to, so you went to work there for a little while. I did. I was still physically working at home, um, sitting in front of the very desk I'm sitting in front of right now. Uh, but I was employed by a company in Denver. Um, and my job was to keep working on Net Newswire, which, you know, pretty cool job since I really liked working on it. Yeah. And then you, so you then I would, Short, you know, within a couple of years after that, then I guess you would have gotten to write the iPhone and the iPad app for that too, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the NetNewsWare iPhone app was on the App Store on day one uh, of, of the iPhone. And I think it cost like $300. Well, maybe not that much. <laughs> <laughs> Prices, pricing went down really quickly. It might have been like, geez, I don't know. Nah, you know what? It was probably free. I have, I have no idea anymore. I remember the app. I don't remember if I paid for it. Yeah. 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 Um, so you were working on that newswire and then I think they ended up that guy, that ended up uh, getting sold off to uh black pixel and they, you know, went and worked on it and are still have it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was at NewsGator from 2005 to something like 2011, 2012 uh, when black pixel bought it. And I did not go with it this time. It, it became entirely Black Pixel's um, mm-hmm. uh, property. And, and they can work on it without me. And, you know, they're doing well. So, Yeah. And then at that point, you, uh, so around there then, at some point in the future, you started working on Glassboard, which was another app that people liked quite a bit. Uh, Glassboard was was a lot of fun to do. Um, that must, yeah, that was right around when we sold NetNewsWire to Black Pixel. So we had this idea um, for an app. And and you could almost, the people listening to this probably all use Slack. So it was kind of like that, but a lot more primitive and more thread-based. But it's the same basic idea. You have, you know, a channel of of people and everyone can talk to each other. You can invite people and so on and so on. Nowhere near as polished or featureful as, as Slack. I, I don't mean to say that we built Slack because we didn't. Um, but it was, you know, that same general idea. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that app. I remember for, you know, for a couple of years there, that was the app that everybody used for, you know, conferences and uh, every podcast had their own glass board. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and, fun. We never figured out how to make any money from it, but uh, it, it certainly got use for a while. Well, that's, you know, that's difficult. That turns out. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. Um, and then that ended up getting acquired by, um, by uh, Justin Williams, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then How did that ran- happen? Oh, yeah. I left NewsGator, I think, and Glassboard was still there. And I thought, boy, it would be real nice if somebody bought this because someone had bought Net Newswire, someone had bought Mars Edit. Um, we totally skipped over tap links, which is fine. We should skip over. But everything I'd ever made had been acquired by somebody except for 
Glassboard. Um, mm-hmm. And Justin Williams stepped up and, and took it over and did a fine job, but I think he ran into the same problem we had, which is, well, how do you actually make any money? Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. And I think it it seemed like an awfully, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty admirable what he did with it, too, because it seemed like an awfully big project for one person to do. Yeah, it sure is, because it's not just writing an iPhone app. It's, you know, there's a web app, but more importantly, there's the there's the web backend, right? Which, yeah. you know, has all these messages and channels and people and all, all this kind of stuff it has to run. It has to run quickly and um, push notifications, you know, all, all that stuff. That's an awful lot for one person to do. Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if I would necessarily sign on to maintaining that entire thing. You know, I, have, it, mm-hmm. oh, I was going to say, I have not seen Justin Williams since he had Glassboard. So I don't... I can't even say what happened to him. Uh, I think he's he's uh, working on consulting now. Okay, good for him. Yeah. In other words, yeah. other people have the responsibility, and he doesn't, and that's fine with him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I don't want to speak for him because I haven't talked to him in a little <laughs> while. But um, that was the last the last thing I was aware of. Uh, yeah. And then okay, so fast forward, you left that, you moved on. Uh, and then uh, a really interesting phase would be that you worked on a note-taking app called Vesper, during which you wrote all these amazing blog posts that I think were <laughs> a lot of people really liked. You wrote about the whole process of, uh, so you made this notes app with um, Dave Wiskus and John Gruber, uh, who some people you know might be familiar with, and um, and you know is is a great app, but it didn't sync right, and so at some point you decided it needed to sync, and or you you got to doing that, I guess. And uh, you wrote this whole series of, you know, Vesper Sync Diaries. Mm-hmm. What people don't know is that my software is just an excuse to give me something to write about on my blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, my blog, my you know, so anyone listening is probably thinking, wow, this Brent guy, he seems like he goes from thing to thing. Well, I've been doing my blog since 1999. Um, it's like the one thing that, that, is constant and sticks with me. And in many ways, I think it's, it's my most important work. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great blog. I think, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's one of the ones that I, you know, always read every post, right. Uh, and, and always have them like my favorite, you know, the, if, if my news reader app has the, like, here's the special section for special news, you know, sites that you want to follow. That's always one of the ones that goes in it because such a great blog. Oh, well, thank you. What newsreader are you using these days? Right now, I am using an app called Newsblur. Newsblur. Oh, okay. Uh, that's web-based, right? Um, it's web-based, but then a lot of the like uh, desktop apps have a, um, have a you know, support it. So I was using uh, ReadKit. Have mm-hmm. you used that one at all? I, yeah. I, I own ReadKit, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I, like, I like ReadKit pretty well. Uh, it's maintained well, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been done a good job with that. And um, I've kind of bounced between uh, that and a couple other things. I was using Reader on iOS for a while, mm-hmm. um, yep. but I think now I'm just Newsblur has an iOS app, so I'm just using uh, his iOS app. Oh, okay, cool. Do you do you want to comment on uh, on on the current state of news reading for you? No, not really. <laughs> well, because okay. almost anything I say, I you know, I wrote or I worked on a. RSS reader for a lot of years, right? And and really the first Mac desktop RSS reader. 
and it was a big hit. And, and if I say anything about anything, somebody's going to have hurt feelings. Um, but I will say that all the apps you mentioned are, are cool. Though I, except I haven't tried Newsblur's iOS app. I should check that out. I look at all of them, of course. Of course. Yep. Uh, I, I had a feeling that might be your answer, by the way. Um, sure. But uh, so, so we were talking about Vesper and the sync diaries and stuff. So like what inspired that whole like, you know, uh, I think you used, uh, you were using the Microsoft uh, mobile Azure services thing that they have, which mm-hmm. is um, you actually, you made some videos for them too. Uh, I, about I their mobile syncs. So talk, talk about making the videos. What was that so like? So it was, well, it was a little weird because I, I hadn't really used the service, um, only just kind of, you know, learned a little bit about it. And um, uh, Josh Twist, the guy there, I don't know what his position exactly was, kind of an evangelist, basically, um, said, hey, we'd love to have you come do videos. How much will that cost? And I quoted a number that I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way they're going to, they're going to pay that much money. And then then they did with no hesitation. So I had no choice. (laughs) So, you know, not, it wasn't like a million dollars or something. It was some thousands of dollars, but still I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, if you're going to pay me, I I guess I'm going to um, actually learn how to do this and make some videos. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. And, you know, it turns out I actually really did like the service quite a lot. And so we used that uh, with Vesper later on. Um, now they've gone on. I don't think mobile services exists anymore. It was superseded by app services or something. I can't remember the name. There's a kind of a newer thing that they have now. Um, I'm not doing any server-side work, so I can't say, is the new thing good or bad? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think after, uh, I, I, I played with it at that point. But then uh, I, I haven't looked at it again, so I, I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and everyone I knew there, I think, is somewhere else. So that's big companies mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Vesper, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was a great thing, which sadly no longer exists. So you've been uh, open sourcing parts of it. Uh, actually, the entire, well, yeah, all of it is open source. Sorry. The, the I, entire yeah, absolutely. The entire iOS app is open source, and so is the syncing code and everything. Now, the syncing code won't run as is because uh, it needed to be run on top of Azure Mobile Services. Mm-hmm. Um, but, however, that stuff is all based on uh, Node.js, so it could be adapted to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest taking that code and just making it work. It might be something interesting to read, but that that's about it. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering now that I uh I think the reason I I was confused cuz I know you you published part of the code and then I think you published like you did the iOS app and then you published the syncing code later or the other way around something like that. Yeah, it didn't all yeah. come out at once. Right. Yeah. Um and cuz I remember I did actually look through uh, the syncing code, right? Because you'd written all these blog posts, so it was neat to be able to go and uh, actually look at that. Yeah, it was fun for me too. It's you know, I I kind of I I think I'm more of a blogger than an app writer, even though writing apps is what I actually do all day. So the chance to kind of perform in public on my blog is fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, and uh, and and so now where you're writing apps all day now is you are a, a junior developer at the Omni Group. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, now we don't ha- actually have um, titles, or at least I don't think we do, like junior and senior developer. Um, the organization is pretty flat. Tim Wood is the CTO, and he's also the manager for all the developers. And I don't know what do we have twenty or twenty five people um, under under Tim. Um, but I work on Omni Outliner, and there are two main engineers, and the other guy has been working on it for I don't know five years, ten years, something. Um, so I'm definitely the newer one. So I like to call myself the junior developer. Yeah, and um, yeah, Omni Outliner's been around forever. Uh, is that what? I guess you've worked on a lot of apps that have been around for a while, right? But uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about another one in a moment. But um, with that specifically, what, what what can you tell me about like just working on an app that you know with the code base for that? It's like got to be you know 15 plus years old now, right? Like, what's that? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. What would um, you say about that? It, it's interesting um, because it's an older code base now. But but it's not all older, right? There are plenty of newer parts and everything. You know, there's always things being changed and added and so on. So it reflects a lot of different years in the evolution of Cocoa. Uh, and Omni is very much into. Uh, it has a number of frameworks that are shared between, um, you know, two or more apps. And so there's a lot of different framework code involved, and a lot of, you know, a lot of different developers have touched it. And um, you know, there's a mix of Objective C and now Swift. But you can also find some almost straight C here and there too, uh, particularly in places where performance is really an issue, um, because obviously C can do things still that nothing else can mm-hmm. in terms of performance. Um, and not all the code is written the way I would have done it, <laughs> you know. But that's not a criticism, right? Every every coder has you know different different styles and different um, uh, different tendencies and and different things they like. Um, so it's really been interesting because it's been a lot of years since I worked on code that wasn't entirely mine. Um, so it's it's quite a quite a learning process. But I'm nice. I don't I don't yell at anybody. I'm a, I'm a good person. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um I I I haven't heard you yell a lot when I've known you. Uh, you you're you're reasonably soft spoken in my experience. Mm, okay. Reasonably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I actually I, I can get loud though because my hearing's starting to go. So like after a few beers in a bar at night, I, I might be the loudest guy there. Only because I think I'm speaking softly mm-hmm. and don't realize it. But uh, that's well, another that, thing. Yeah. Well, you know, that makes sense when you're a man of a certain age, you know. Third uh, oldest living Mac developer. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Correct. Uh, so I, I actually was realizing that is like what, as you were speaking, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, all these other things have kind of been, you know, 10, 15 years of your career was all just you by yourself. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the most part, it seems like. Uh, and then you do this thing where you're working on this big team all of a sudden, right? Um, so what... what 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 has been, uh, you know? I, I guess what have been some of the challenges, interesting parts? You know, what's that? What's that like? Like more specifically? You know, I I thought for a long time that it would be impossible for me to work outside the home, uh, work around other people. You know, I I, you know, you've heard other people say, oh, I'm sure that I'm completely unemployable, um, and I thought that of myself. But it turns out, you know, I'm I'm 
intelligent and adaptable. And yeah, I actually can go work with other people. Now it helps that it's Omni, right? Because everyone there is great. It's a great company and it's a pleasure to go there every day. Um, That wouldn't necessarily be true of every single software company in the world, right? It's true of Mm -hmm. Omni. Um, So maybe I could only work at, say, Omni and Panic and a few other places. Um, But yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean Omni's such a great company too. I always, I, I think a lot of people really admire Omni. Uh, I hope you know, so. I, I did for years, and you know, it's it's uh, it's nice to actually work there. Yeah, I always really love about them that it seems like uh, I mean them you now even mm-hmm. uh, that it always that they're you know they're a big company with all these apps that have been around forever and everything, but. It seems like when, uh, you know, every year Apple announces X, Y, and Z at WWDC, right? Uh, You know, new feature, new framework, whatever. And they're always, you know, if they can find a way to make it work, like they're always, they're always right on top of that stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're always like really on the cutting edge of taking advantage of the newest stuff, you know, whenever it makes sense for their apps, which I always think is super cool. And it makes me really enjoy using their app since I'm such a fan of, you know, the Mac and iOS. It was, it was not that long ago when, um, the touch bar Macs came in and all of a sudden we're all, you know, doing touch bar features and, you know, there, there was, I don't think there was any thought about waiting. It's just like, Oh, it's a new thing. Okay. Well, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, what do you think of the touch bar? Well, I used it for a day and sent it back. Uh, <laughs> this is true. Like, you know, it was, um, you know, work machine. All right, here, use a touch bar Mac. And um, I used it for a day and I gave it back to the sysadmin to give to somebody else. So the problem is, for me, it just it just didn't work with my style. So the way I, I'm often at work, I'm sitting in my chair with my, almost my entire legs up on my desk. And then the laptop kind of on my stomach, I guess. And when I'm resting my fingers, I'm resting the fingers of my left hand uh, right where the touch bar would be, you know, right on the escape key and the function keys or whatever. So the thing is, you can't rest your finger on a touch bar because that's the same as pressing the button. So I had the problem of, you know, apps thinking I was constantly trying to escape or Mm -hmm. hitting another key and suddenly my browser's gone like, backwards 30 things in my browser history or whatever. It was just absolutely maddening. And of course, I had the thought, well, I could adapt how I work to the new machine. But then I thought, yeah, no, why, why should I have to? I mean, I don't change my foot size to accommodate a shoe, right? Yeah. So I sent it back. That, that, that makes as much sense as anything. You really... You're really committed to the feet on desk, uh, computer on the stomach lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's how I fix bugs. Makes as much sense as anything. (laughs) Um, All right. So we've been talking about your blog, right? And, uh, you know, you developing in the, you know, in public, uh, you know, and all that. And um, something that's given you a lot to write about lately has been uh, that you worked on this app called Frontier in the 90s. Right. Yep. And now you are bringing it forward and making it a modern Cocoa app that uses Swift and modern frameworks and all that stuff. 
you know, uh, replacing quick draw with core graphics and other things, you know, like that that you've been blogging about. Um, so maybe just uh, talk about, you know, working with Dave Weiner and, um, you know, what Frontier is, because I think, you know, most people probably aren't super familiar, maybe at this point. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, what what that process has been like, we can go into it. It's one of those apps where um, no explanation will really quite serve it. You you kind of have to use it. But unfortunately, I don't have it, a working app that I can give anyone to use. So all I can do is describe it. Um, and, and it sounds intriguing, but you, you don't necessarily realize the power again until you're, until you're using it. But what it is, is a hierarchical database, right? So tables within tables within tables, uh, with no schema and attached to that is a scripting system. And one of the big points of this is that you can store structured data. You can persist it really, really, really easily. You know, it's as simple as a key path, you know, x dot y dot z equals 20. And then the value 20 is in the z table, which is in the y table, which is in the x table. Now, of course, that's an example. You'd use more meaningful names. But mm-hmm. um, but it makes that, makes that persistence really, really simple. And it, it has, you know, a standard library of, uh, you know, all the things you would expect, you know, file verbs and date verbs and, you know, downloading stuff from the web, parsing XML and JSON and, you know, anything you might need. Um, So you can write, um, you can do really powerful things. And and like AppleScript, it also speaks Apple events. So you can script other apps on your Mac at the same time. So Mm -hmm. you can put, you know, various kinds of stuff together to automate just about anything you can think of and store, you know, store data really, really easily. For a period of time, uh, we actually ran it as a server. And some of the earliest uh, weblogs were, um, were, were uh, running in Frontier. So the idea was we'd actually run them in those days as a, on a Windows machine, actually logged in because it's a GUI app, uh, but then have, have its internal web server um, you know, available to the web. And our blogging system was called Manila. And it was based on the idea that if you have a blog and you go to any page on, the, on your blog, um, there would be an edit this page button. So you click there, edit this page, hit submit, and your page is updated. And in those days, that was a pretty new concept and pretty cool. And we got a lot of people. The blogs were free. So we got, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people using, using this blogging system at one time. Uh, and it was all running in Frontier. Not that most of those people knew what that was. It didn't matter. Uh, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so that would have been around the late 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, 99, 2000, yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so so a couple of things are, so it makes persistence very easy, and mm-hmm. it's this kind of outliner-based database thing, right? Yeah. Is, am I thinking of this correctly? You, you are. The database contains scripts. It contains, you know, um, it could be binary data, strings, you know, numbers, floating point numbers, um, well, you know, all kinds of things, even even just straight outlines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that. That sounds really neat. I uh, I hope to get to see it in um, <laughs> you know 
use it someday to understand. Uh, like you said, I, I, I have what I'm imagining of it, uh, but, but, but maybe using it is probably a different experience. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting and it's going to take a while. It's a big app and I'm working on it, you know, nights and weekends. Um, but it's a lot of fun and it's, it's more fun because I can do it. You know, the, the code at GitHub is, you know, it's live. It's the repository I'm using and I'm writing about Mm -hmm. it on my blog as I go along. So, yeah. So, so this code base, you know, is what, 20 years old almost, right? Uh, started in 1989. Okay, so almost thirty years old. Yeah. This code base. So um, I don't know. You said you said it's fun. Like, what's uh, what, what has been a particularly interesting uh, or you know challenging part of moving something from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand seventeen? Well, at some point, I realized that you know I could go through and maybe you know update all the quick job code, use core graphics, and various other things, but really. I just needed to start over from scratch. Now it's not totally from scratch because I have the old code and I can run the app in, in um, I have a 10.6.8 virtual machine. So I can build the old app and run it. And, and that way I can match it bug for bug. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm essentially starting over with Swift. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the challenges, you know, I'm working with Dave on this um, and he said, and I agreed, it would be nice if there was some thing, some code of that old code that could get into the new app, you know, untouched or relatively untouched. And I just haven't found anything yet. So my challenge is to find at least something. I believe that, in you. Yeah, I, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so those are all the things you've been, uh, you know, working on in public up until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that people know about, but uh, you also have something new that's uh, by the time this comes out, people will know about, but as we're talking, they don't. And uh, that is this thing called JSON feed, right? Right. So the idea here is, um, you know, it's, it's kind of made me sad, you know, these past five or 10 years where it seems like development for the open web has, has slowed down a lot. Um and particularly when we talk about the intersection of the Mac desktop and the open web, you know, there just isn't that much going on. And I realized one of the reasons is that um, people just kind of really hate XML and will go way out of their way to avoid it. Uh, and if they see XML APIs or XML stuff, they're, they're not interested. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, it's yucky, old, weird, hard stuff. But everyone likes JSON, right? All, all the cool APIs are JSON. Even the not cool APIs are JSON. Everyone uses JSON. Mm-hmm. So I was work- talking with Manton Reese, and we decided to work together on an um, updated syndication format called JSON Feed. And it's like RSS, and it's like Atom, uh, but it's in JSON, which means it's um, a whole lot easier to use and a lot um, a lot less buggy, right? XML always has problems with character encoding and all this. You know, people do not do XML correctly nearly as often as you would like. But JSON, people usually do do well, so because it's so much easier. So we have JSON feed, which is a new syndication format, and you can find out about it at jsonfeed.org. And I'm still stunned that that domain name was available. That is pretty incredible. I, I hadn't 
thought of that until just now, but that, that, that was pretty lucky for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Darn right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, right. So that's going, we're talking on Monday. That's supposed to go live Wednesday morning. And if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, it's Thursday probably, or later. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you've already heard about it. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, you know, although I think that this is probably going to be where most people hear about it first. You know, the okay. biggest audience. You yeah, know, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I like to say, there's literally dozens of them out there, uh, you know, uh, it, for any given episode. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you're so what you're saying with- is you're rich and famous now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Cool. Uh so you're doing this with Manton Reese, who was actually the uh, on episode two, mm-hmm. um, which is a great episode. People should go listen to it if they haven't heard it already. And uh, h- how did you guys uh, get together on this? Um, I think I sent him email. Yeah, uh-huh. it, was, it was probably probably about like that. And he said, "Yeah, that's a great idea." And so we did. And uh, we had a number of other people helping helping review it, you know? So we worked on it over a period of, wow, for most of this year, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. since February, I'm not sure. Whatever, yeah, it's it's taken a few months, you know, a lot of iterations, and we're finally uh, happy with it and ready to go. Yeah, and I, I read through the documentation, um, you know, all of it. It was, is, uh, you know, it's very complete, very mm-hmm. easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, it definitely, you know, it's it seems like it has a lot in common with like RSS, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you uh, what do you hope or see the future for this to be? What are you hoping this will do? That you put out this, you know, uh, specification for this thing you guys want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where where are you hoping that will go? What I'm hoping to see is that uh, uh, particularly Mac developers and iOS developers uh, consider doing new and innovative stuff on the open web rather than, you know, writing yet another Twitter client or something that does something with Facebook or, or something. I'm just, yeah, uh, I want to see apps that do something with, with data that's not stored in somebody's silos. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, I'm just sick of corporate ownership of, of, um, of our data. And of what I look at. Yeah, so I could understand why you and Manton would be working on this together mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, he's doing micro.blog and has, uh, you know, obviously very similar feelings about, um, you know, about that. Yeah, and I'm really excited by what Manton's doing. I, I think um, I think the microblogging stuff is, is very much uh, the future of, of the open web. And it seems like it took us forever to get around to that, right? You know, um, Twitter has and Facebook have existed for quite some time, and yet um, blogging seems to most people more and more like this old thing that people used to do. And I think that was partly because you know we just didn't get the thing about you know writing these short posts um, using plain text most of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't get the ease of use and the kind of immediacy and fun of, of that style of blogging. Uh, but Manton figured it out. So, yeah, and I know both of us are on uh, Manton's, you know, microdot blog, and it's great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you know, you're writing this, uh, you know, writing this spec. Um, what was the process of, uh, you know, how did what was your guys's workflow 
for you know going back and forth and developing this thing. You know, because it's it's pretty big. It's very complete. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So did you manage that using Git or uh, you know some kind of another shared document thing? Did you have versioning? You know that that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, I wrote it. And then I would post versions on a Slack. Um, and then Manton uh, would rewrite parts of it. Actually, I, I can't say that I wrote all of it. He wrote some of it too. Um, but I think I, you know, most of the typing was probably mine. The Manton would have a lot of feedback and uh, suggestions. And then there were some other people who are thanked at the bottom of the mm-hmm. spec page who, who were there too. And they had um, you know, feedback and ideas and questions and and things and so just over a period of time we just um i i kept the canonical version of the document myself in whatever dropbox i think um but now it's in a github repo so people can will be able to track changes in the future fantastic mm-hmm. so you're just hoping that by putting out this specification this can help be like here is a thing that you can implement and do, and hopefully that will make its way into lots of other parts of the web and apps is what you're hoping will happen. Yeah. What, what I'm hoping is that, you know, this is part of a, you know, a bigger, uh, a bigger thing, you know, it's obvious from what Manton's working on and it may be less obvious that I'm doing that same stuff, but the idea is to uh, revitalize interest in the open web and, and in blogging and syndication and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, because it's been, you know, left to kind of lie. And, um, you know, that's not good. That's not right. That, that, well, that, that makes all the sense in the world. Is there any, uh, you know, technical parts of what you guys came up with here that you're particularly proud of that you think was kind of, uh, you know, maybe something that the existing formats don't do that this will allow? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, you know, the main thing is that it's that it's JSON. Uh, it mm-hmm. does have some additional things that um, uh, that I, as a newsreader author, uh, would have loved had they been in RSS or Atom. Um, and those those things are mostly having to do with graphics. For instance, when you um, define a user or an author, I'm sorry, in, in the spec, you can provide the URL of an avatar image. So you could imagine someone doing, you know, kind of like a, uh, a Twitter-like um, uh, view uh, of a feed, you know, and would have avatars for, you know, the different posts. Uh, it also has support for things like, um, what's the URL of the featured image in an article or of mm-hmm. the banner image, right? Because Me- Medium, for instance, always has like that big banner background image at the top. So you could specify that for an article and then your RSS reader could, you know, format it somewhat like, you know, it would look like if you had actually gone to the web page with the banner image in the background and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a way to specify fave icons and uh, a larger icon for your feed. Mm-hmm. So right now newsreaders have to go and like, you know, guess at where your fave icon is or, you know, scrape the homepage looking for the uh, metadata tag that says where it is. They, you know, they have to make all these additional requests and do all this weird searching and stuff to just like find out some of the, you know, basic uh, graphics about your, about your feed or about the article. And that mm-hmm. stuff's all specified inside JSON feed. So if people actually use those uh, elements, um, get a much nicer uh, user interface on the, on the reading side. Mm-hmm. 
So that, that yeah, that that makes a lot of sense that that would be, you know, something that was a real pain in the butt for you in the past, so you put all that in here. Yeah, it was a um, massive pain. Yep. So, uh the 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 other thing that jumped out, it seemed like uh extensibility was really baked into this, you know, that you guys had a whole system for adding stuff that maybe you know, uh, would be like a company specific or a, you know, provider specific, uh, piece of information they'd want to put it in their feed. Yeah. Um, you know, JSON doesn't have namespaces. So we came up with the amazingly innovative idea of, well, if you put an underscore before a name, then you can put whatever you want in there and it's fine. (laughs) Mm. It's not really a namespace and it's not really constrained in any way. Um, but you know, we're being pragmatic here. I, I think that works perfectly well. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, you know, I actually, I don't think I've ever seen anybody use an underscore before. Uh, you must have just come up with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So now that we've, uh, by the way, I hope when everyone's listening to this on Thursday that our, our president has resigned or been impeached or something by then <laughs> just completely randomly. Anyway, today's news. Holy cow. Yeah. Anyway, back to JSON feed. Back to JSON feed. Um, so, anyways, now that we've primed the pump uh, to you know talk about the next thing, um, is so you know we're talking about JSON feed and all that. You did the same with Manton. That that's all. That's all great. People should go and uh, read you know the spec there and what what you've done. Um, and uh, the other thing is that you are you know you. You and I, though, I think have all, have both been big fans of uh, LibXML as oh, a library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you sort of got me onto that, and then it was you know one of my favorite things was to write XML parsers. You know, you know, write you know, do that. And so uh, one of the things we were also talking about before the show was this uh, you know uh, framework that you've published on GitHub called RSXML. Yeah, right. So if you want to write a feed reader you the listener, you can go get my code and you will instantly have support for RSS and Atom and OPML. And you don't have to write any code. You can just use this framework. It's free. Go for it, please. And write a, write a RSS reader or newsreader, whatever we want to call it. Uh, and adding support for JSON feeds easy, right? Because it's JSON. So it's like one line of code. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. Um, and so you, uh, yeah, so it's just a, a set of classes based around libxml and, uh, the sax for, parser. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. The sax parser, uh, you know, for parsing, uh, XML and HTML. And then you've got specific things for, you know, like you said, handling OPML, RSS, Atom, and, and then HTML, uh, you know, metadata and link stuff. Right. Cause yeah, you know, if you're writing a reader, you'll need to do, for instance, things like, um, RSS feed discovery, right? And the way to, the way that a web page links to an RSS feed is it adds a little, uh, I can't remember, it's a link element or something up in the head of the HTML page. And so this framework has code for pulling that stuff out too. So you can do RSS feed discovery. So basically what you're saying is that somebody can, can take this and they have a fully fledged uh, newsreader app out of the box. They don't have to do any more work. It's like 99% of the work. Yeah, well, it's like it's like two percent of the work, mm. but but it's an important two percent, right? I mean, you could just 
clone the repository and you're 2% done already. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's pretty nice, right? Yeah. 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 And um, so how, uh, how old is this code? I guess the question is like this, the, I looked at the code and mm-hmm. I was thinking this looked, it, it looked like you had annotated it all. It's in Objective-C, but it looked like you'd added all the more recent annotations and things like that. Um, but uh, I was wondering, is this code that you'd been using in your previous projects? Or it's, is this newer? It's similar to code I've used before. It's kind of like the, whatever, third or fourth revision. Mm-hmm. So it's it's battle-tested code that's, you know, just been improved over the years. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, and so people should definitely check that out. We'll have a note, note in the, a link in the show notes for it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the last thing I sort of wanted to ask you about before I let you go is, uh, you know, you're doing this work with Manton. Um, and I was wondering if you knew that Manton is a, uh, prefers tabs over spaces. Naturally, sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this on the show. I was wondering what your, what your feelings are on that. Tabs are semantic, so I prefer them. Mm. So now we have, I've asked two people this question. They've both said tabs. I'm hoping this can spark a revolution, you know, in the, <laughs> in the greater iOS and Mac community, uh, you know, to move towards, you know, tabs, which, as you said, are semantic. Yeah, and as right. Manton gave a very impassioned speech for uh, two episodes ago. Um, so, Brent, how can people find you? What is the most important things that they would find you at if they wanted to know more about you or read about you or read your blog? Well, I should say first that Omni uses spaces. So all day long, I have to use spaces. And yet oh, wow. somehow I managed to get by. Um, like an animal. Yes, I know. Like it's an crazy. Animal. Yeah. I still You're use unclean. the tab. I still use the tab key though, which is nice. Mm. Um, hmm, yeah. You can do that with the tab key? I guess. It seems to work. Weird. Yeah. People can read my blog at inessential.com. Mm-hmm. And is there uh is is there in anything else you'd like to point people to, or is that the main thing? No, that's good. You can start there. Cool. Yeah. Um if you'd like to uh you know I'm not on Twitter. Don't Not on Twitter. Twitter. No, you quit yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I, you know, technically my account still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, only I don't use it and I made it private. Um, but I was kind of afraid that, you know, someone could get it and pretend to be me, which. No, you don't want that. You know, it seems, it's almost sounds like terribly self-centered that I would even imagine that happening. Um, but still it could, I guess. So eh, anyway, I didn't want it to happen. No, I think that's totally reasonable, and uh, I, I, I would, I would, I would want to go into all the reasons that you did that, but I think maybe it's uh, maybe people should just go to your blog and read about it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, in, unless you'd like to go into it, but it feels like maybe slightly off topic. I don't want to write on the same surface that Donald Trump writes on. Well, there you go. That I, I think you, I think you summed up the the post actually there. Yep. Um, Okay, so people can find you at Inessential. If you'd like to follow, uh, if uh, the, the I am on Twitter and the show's on Twitter. <laughs> so if you'd like to follow us, you can go to twitter.com slash uh, my whole name, Colin Donnell, or twitter.com slash the run loop. Uh, you can also find a Patreon for, for, uh, to help support the show. Which you should do. We re- you know, the show recently actually got uh, a couple of its first patrons. So uh, it's taken off now. Uh-huh. I'm at 10. 
It's at $10 right now. So uh, this is a chance for you to get in on the ground floor of a really exciting opportunity, Brent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like that I is... tell, I tell you, you tell two friends. Okay. They each tell two friends, and the, the important cow. thing here is, it's not a pyramid scheme, N- nor is it a Ponzi scheme. No, not at all. No. Uh, it's it's more it's more of like a reverse inverted triangle. Uh, hmm, so anyway, okay. Brent, <laughs> thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you very much for being here, and thank you everyone else for listening this week. Thanks everybody. All right. Have a good week.